Inside Berkeley. I'm Brian Paris, and in this episode, I'm in Montreal talking with Noemi Legrand, who yesterday afternoon led her band Noe in an energetic performance as part of the 2016 Oshiaka Festival. She shared the festival bill with massive acts such as the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Lana Del Rey, and Radiohead. A recent graduate of Berkeley's songwriting department, Legrand helped secure this life-changing opportunity as one of the first bands in the Berkeley Popular Music Institute, or BPMI. The new institute pairs music business students with artists like Noe for a year of immersive music business and performance curriculum that culminates in a slot at a major summer music festival. Noemi, welcome to Inside Berkeley. Thanks for having me. So yesterday, uh, you had this, you had your show. How, how are you feeling the morning after? The morning after? I think it hasn't hit me yet, to be honest, because um, the festival's still going, and we're still going today to see other acts. So, I don't know. I, I feel great. Um, I feel like I've been a part of something so much bigger than me. I mean, just looking at the acts on, on, um, on the festival lineup, it's just insane. So, um, I'm, really, I'm really proud of what we've accomplished and what BPMI helped me accomplish. Um, so, I'm just, I'm just happy right now. It's really, great. to be honest, I'm just happy. Maybe tomorrow... I'll be even happier because I'll be like, oh my god, yeah. you know, on the road back to Boston. Like, right. Damn. Yeah, that van ride back. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, just feeling great and very grateful for where I am and for what we've done. Just cool. super happy. What was your What was your favorite moment? Which you know maybe it wasn't part of the show, but just the experience in general. Um. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so my favorite moment during the show. I'll just take it that way because otherwise there's too many yeah, favorite moments. Yeah. Um, so um, during the show was I think when we closed with In the Dark um, that outro where you know all the musicians like Adrian Corbin and Matteo just got crazy on their instruments and that is I don't know it's so powerful and there's so much energy between all of us and it's just amazing and when I scream out their names and I'm like it's like, oh my God, just give them as much love as I give them, please. It's like, these guys are amazing. Um, so yeah, I think that was my favorite part of the show. And of the experience, um, really just seeing... It was funny being... Because um, we had access to Artist World, so I would see the artists behind the stage, um, backstage, and I'd just see them, and then I'd see them perform on these massive... Because, you know, like, when you see them on stage facing, like, thousands and thousands of people, they're human. But, like, they look like like gods, you know? Yeah. You're like, damn, so many people adoring them and so many people just just seeing their words and everything. And when you see them backstage and they're there, like, eating a hamburger yeah. or <laughs> whatever they're eating, it's just kind of like, damn, you know? They're really just like everyone. and And it makes it you know, maybe I could achieve that one day. Well, and that actually makes me think kind of like, did you picture yourself at this at this level? And, and that kind of also brings up the, the question of just, you know, why music? Why why be a songwriter and a performer, a band leader? And kind of what, um, what, is, what is the story there? Like, what led you to this? Um, okay, so, so many questions in one. Um, so the first one, if I picture myself that... So I have this thing, um, I read it in a book or article or somewhere... Something that um, if you want to, you know, if you want to get to the next level, you always have to picture yourself at the next level and think you're already there. Like, act. Not act, you know, you don't want to play it out 
too much, but um, just like have the mentality that you're able to achieve what you want to achieve, and you're kind of already there. So, so I don't know when I, I don't know how to. It's just it's not like I think that um, that I can play big stages and and all that. It's just okay. This is a possibility. Mm-hmm. So why not just like give it all I can and just like really really strive to make it happen um and then if I put in all the energy and the good vibes and the work so much work (laughs) um maybe maybe it'll it'll happen and then how did I come to music um so how did I just start off with music yeah I mean this could this could be something Um, like was it something when you were a kid and you just you knew right away um no I definitely didn't know right away um uh, when I was, uh, I had I had health issues when I was a, a kid, um, around nine ten. Um, so it was, uh, it was a pretty tough time at the time. And actually, so and, and I know this, but our listeners may not. You you grew up. You were born in Paris, right? But I was you, born in Paris, but I never lived in Paris. Um, I we moved right away to Hong Kong, and that's where I stayed for about 11 years and then my mom my sister and I moved back to France but in south of France mm-hmm. in Aix-en-Provence and that's where I stayed until 17 where I then moved to Boston for Berkeley okay so, um, so during this period where your health isn't great are you in Hong Kong at that point so yeah I was okay. in Hong Kong it was uh, during my last years there and and yeah it, it just it was it was a tough time and so um once everything kind of ended and I was on the, uh, I don't know how you say that, a recuperation? Yeah, yeah, recuperation. Yeah, so I was yeah. recuperating. Um, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't official music therapy. It wasn't like, you're going to play music because, and you know, it's going to be like therapy. It wasn't that. It was my parents were just, you need something to, to help you because my body was healing, but you know, you need your, your, uh, how do you say your, mental to mm-hmm. heal as well yeah. so so they put me on guitar so I started playing guitar and my teacher would make me sing but I guess at the time it wasn't really that good so my mom kept coming into my room because our classes were in my room and she kept coming in she was like don't make her sing we're just just give her guitar lessons mm-hmm. don't make her sing it's all good mm-hmm. <laughs> we good um but but I guess I kept singing and kept singing and then I wrote my first song that year. It was about my mom. It was terrible, but I thought it was the best song ever at the time. Um, and then I guess I just wrote. But it was really for myself. It wasn't anything. Um, even throughout high school, I didn't think it was anything. I mean, you know, I'd play every day and I'd write. I had written so many songs. I mean, they were all terrible. Pro- I mean, you know. We all have our beginnings, Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. It was like me trying to talk about love but you know really at 13 year old what do you really know about <laughs> right. love yeah. so um so it was it was yeah it was um it was music really helped me out it really um I feel like I owe it something um and so for me music is just so much bigger than just music just because it it had such a big impact on yeah. me um that for me that's why when I listen to top 40 and all that stuff I like I enjoy it it's entertaining but for me it's like oh my god these lyrics could be so much more mm. and it could have really an impact even in the slightest way it doesn't have to be full on like you know like P 
peace and like it, it doesn't have to be explicitly that mm-hmm. but I think if words can lead people into thinking a little more about things um, I think music could have an even deeper impact than it already has I mean obviously you know different artists have um, different lyrics content content and so they can have a deeper impact but top 40 we're not there yet yeah. um, so so yeah music therapy and then and then high school year I actually wanted to study tropical uh, well um, so medicine to mm-hmm. study tropical diseases oh, wow. all that I wanted to cure malaria and <laughs> all that stuff so um, just small goals you so know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> But, um, but, um, so I started applying for schools. I started applying for Yale, all those things. And I had never heard of Berkeley because I had never looked into it. For me, music was a huge part of my life, but it was so, for me, it was, you know, it was was my, my baby, my personal thing that I had never really thought about making it more. Um, so I, I, I literally woke, like, this is actually how it happened. I literally, and I remember it. I literally woke up one day. I was in the midst of filing applications. And um, I woke up. And I went downstairs in the kitchen. And I told my mom. I was like, Mom, um, so don't freak out. But what if, you know, I, what, if I, what if I made something out of music? What if I tried out the music route? And she starts crying and bawling and I'm like no 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 you you know you're right I'm gonna I'm gonna be a doctor I'm gonna be a surgeon and everything you know it's gonna be great she's and like she's like no 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 this is amazing like I could not see you in medical school you have to do music music is your thing and I was like you know I started crying as well like oh my god why didn't you tell me this earlier (laughs) um but um so so that was a great moment um and and then we told my dad and my dad was I mean he's he's great he's very supportive yeah. so he he came in t- on the boat very quickly that's awesome so so now that's that's kind of how you get to Berkeley and now you're did you know that you were going to study songwriting was that something you were introduced to once you so, got to the department to the college or so I definitely when I went to Berkeley that's what I wanted to do songwriting well the thing is I really wanted to write songs for film. So, um, so I took a bunch of classes, um, to score and I really loved it. It was really, really inspiring. Um, but it just wasn't what I was here to do. It wasn't. So then I declared songwriting dual major and then I just dropped film scoring. And, and once I just embraced the major, I mean, I loved it. The thing, the thing, I think songwriting isn't for everyone because you have to have a passion People can't teach you how to write songs. Mm. And I, I think that's what people going into the songwriting major tend to think. I mean, obviously not all of them, but some of them. Because I would hear students being like, yeah, I'm a songwriting major. Like, I've written, I've never really written a song, but mm. I really want to learn how to do it. And, and like, you know, go for it. Like, do, like, go for it. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to give everything you can and that's by writing as much as you can Mm -hmm. and that's like that's by you know collaborating and that's by making friends with the professors who have so much to give and so much to teach you and 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 so I really 
I mean, I really loved the songwriting department. I found amazing teachers with Pat, Patterson, mm-hmm. Bonnie Hayes, Lisa Ferry. Like, they were just so inspiring. Yeah, they're Super, amazing. yeah, they're just crazy people, crazy talented. So I've noticed in, in your songs you talk a lot about empowerment, you talk a lot about peace and sort of social justice, and, and you were saying it's, you know, top 40 isn't quite there. So I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, your process as a songwriter. Sure. Yeah, no, um, so it's funny because um, when people hear the songs, often they think that that's where my mindset is. Mm. But really sometimes the songs, I mean, obviously they're for everyone, and I want everyone to um, to feel something in the message and to, you know, maybe if it can help them in any way. But really the song... Like Lady, you know, it was at mm-hmm. a time where I was like, I was really struggling with female sexuality and some, and I was like, I need, I need a song, I need a song to make me feel empowered, and I need, and and so, you know, because you you always have your ups and downs. Like when you're up, you're like, oh yes, I can do this, and I'm like super empowered and stuff like that. But you know, you're gonna have a moment when you're down, and you're gonna be like. No, I can't. I can't. So when I was up and that, like, I'm super empowered, I wrote the song, knowing that when I'd be down, I could look up to that song and be like, but I was up there. I was up there the other day. Like, I can do this. Um, And so, so, so it's like in the dark. In the dark is about not fearing, but to be honest, like, sometimes I fear. Like, I really, really do. Because I wrote, I wrote in the dark, um, right the day um, the events at the Bataclan happened in November Mm -hmm. last year. So, and when the Nice events happened, um, I was actually performing that day. And and I was performing, and I could see all my friends really happy at first, and then all of a sudden, I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. So I could see, and when I came out of stage, um, my friends came up to me and they were like, okay, there's something we need to tell you. Mm. And because they knew that my family was at the fireworks at, in wow. Nice at the time. And so they told me, and that's, and that and was just, it was that more of a shock to me because, yeah. first of all, my family was there, so I had to get in touch with all of them. But then also because I had just sung In the Dark that was like, yeah. let's not fear. And at that time, I was one of the most scared I had ever been because I couldn't get in contact with my family and I was trying to figure it out. So, so these songs are for everyone, Mm -hmm. but they're also like really for me to like, when I sing them and I perform them, I'm like, okay, yes, you know, we can't, we can't live in a world of fear. Yes. You know, I, I, I try to believe my own words and it's not that I don't believe them. It's just that we have ups and downs and in our ups, we we're like, yes, hell yeah, I'm super empowered. Yeah. And then sometimes we just need a little boost. And yeah. it's always nice to hear yourself tell yeah. you, you got it, girl. Right, <laughs> so. and if, if it acts as a reminder for you, then it's, it's going to do that for the listener too. I yeah. mean, especially when it comes from such a deep uh, and personal place like that. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's always interesting how people respond, it seems, more to, to personal stories like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a difference between being overly confessional, but if it really, people know when it, when it's authentic and it comes from that. And I think even if they don't have your experience for some reason, it's like, I mean, I felt that mm-hmm. it, during the set closer yesterday. I mean, it was such a big 
a big end to the set and just like such a huge presence. I mean, people were, were they weren't just dancing anymore. I mean, they were like leaping. You know, they were just like completely <laughs> bouncing with it. So it's like that energy and all of that stuff, all of that experience seemed to be bottled in that and just like given to the audience as this gift, which is amazing. So in terms of, and kind of tracing back a little bit to, to Berkeley, uh, how did you become involved with the Berkeley Popular Music Institute in, in terms of uh, in sort of landing this gig and then also from there kind of how it helped preparing for this gig? So, um, so my friend Marta Chirpala works uh, with PPMI and she had told me that um, that Oceaga was on the list of the festivals, and a year before, I had, because Oceaga is in Montreal, and I have a lot of family in Montreal, and my parents grew up here, mm-hmm. so it's kind of one of my homes. <laughs> so, um, so, so Oceaga was just one of those festivals that I really, really wanted to play. So I had always told my friend I really want to play it. Like that was one of my goals. Mm-hmm. And Marta told me, okay, like you know, I'm working for this. Um, this will be PMI and and they're um, and one of the festivals on the list is Oshiaga like you should, you should really apply you should really apply and so in my mind I was like I'm never gonna get it but whatever I'll just apply and and I guess how it works is that the students in that class pitch artists mm-hmm. so Marta was my pitcher and people I guess liked it and responded well to it and so then I, she told me that I got Oshiaga and I was flipping out. Mm-hmm. And so, but the deal was that um, in order to play Oshiaga, there was this um, Sinclair gig in Boston mm-hmm. in February um, where they kind of just announced the artists that would be part of BPMI. But by then, I didn't have a band yet. So um, it was a little, it was very because they told me maybe a month before and it was right before um, Christmas break. So everyone was leaving for Christmas break. And so by the time we got back, we only had 10 days. Um, so wow. so I was, but I was, I mean, I was like, this is going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it happen. I don't know how exactly, mm-hmm. um, but stress real fuel, really fuels me. Yeah. So I was like, we can make this happen. This is going to happen. Um, so um, yeah, I gathered the band. We just jumped into rehearsals. Um, right when we got back from the break and I think we had three rehearsals or something and I was really freaking out but these guys were so tight and they got it and they're so supportive they're like yo we got you we got you it's all good Um, so by the time the show it was the show time um, everyone was kind of like is it gonna is it gonna be good because everyone knew it was my first show and it was a really big stage and it was sold out Mm -hmm. so um but it went it went really well. I felt really good after it, and people responded well. And so, um, so so yeah. And and I mean, BPMI throughout the entire process were very, very supportive. So so what's next for for you for the band? Um, so I am moving to LA next week. Wow. I mean, ten days. Sometime then. So you're ending, ending this chapter on a high note yeah. then. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, so, so LA is next. Um, yeah. A lot of studio sessions lined up. Cool. And songwriting, and and I really want. I mean, one of my dreams and goals is to go on a tour. So I want to get, you know, all the guys up in the tour bus and yeah. traveling the world. Hopefully, yeah. you know, a girl can always dream. Yeah. Um, but. Um, 
but yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's what's next. Well, if the last year is any indication, then I'm sure there's going to be just yeah. so many more this opportunities. Year was great. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for for making time for this. It was awesome to have you uh, on the show. Thank and uh, let's go out with with the song that uh, that left everyone <laughs> bouncing uh, in the dark. Get off the stage. You've got pockets full of rage and your fingers out to blame. You aim for praise. You crave to see your name on the front page. You know we'll never lay the red carpet. No. So you lay it down yourself. Yeah, you lay it down yourself. But take a look around. You can hit us all you need, but we'll never claim defeat. This episode was recorded on-site in Montreal and produced by the Office of Communications. I'm Brian Paris, and this is Inside Berkeley. Did you miss the